we never get to just have small talk out here on the streets. We usually just talk about being homeless. And it was really nice to talk about normal stuff with you. And we, we didn't do anything. We didn't talk about the world's problems or even the depths of his heart. We simply just sat there and listened to what he had to say about the latest weather trends. People of Creston City, people of every, everywhere around the world, this is David Christopher Pacheco. Hi, my name is Kimmy. My name is Arthur Ortiz. Been in Denver since 1973. Okay, so let's just talk in circles for a little bit. <laughs> just talk in circles. Yeah. Just shoot the breeze a little yeah. bit. Now they see beyond what I look like. They see what my actions are and say, hey, that is a good person. A lot of people say home is home is where the heart is, but my heart's in many places. It's just I don't know where home is. Welcome back to Homeless But Human, part one of our three-part series on the power of being present. I'm Blake, here with my co-host. Hey guys, it's Shayla. On this part one, we are going to cover, are you listening to understand or to respond, as we bring you a three-part series on the power of being present, something Christ in the city does, not only on the streets with the homeless, but in the offices with our missionaries, our staff, and anyone we truly encounter or meet on a regular basis. And for that, today we have Jeff and Anya, two of our staff members here. Yeah, so today and in the next three episodes, we want to talk um, about the power of being present. And really, we wanted to bring on Anya and Jeff today because they have a pretty unique and specific role with us at Christ in the City. And they are on our staff as what we call formators. And so I'm going to let them go into what the role of a formator is. But more importantly, we're going to further on get into why. Why did we have formators jump on this podcast today to help us talk about the power of being present? So Jeff, if you first want to start and kind of explain to us what is a formator. We use that term um, very frequently here at Christ in the City, but people from the outside can get kind of confused. So if you want to just first explain what that is. Yeah, uh, it's really a tough question. I think the missionaries about halfway through the year realize what a formator is themselves. <laughs> um, but if you wouldn't mind, I'd kind of like to explain what it's not. Uh, sure. but what it's comparable to sometimes first. that's the best way yeah. it's the easiest i think in this case so some people say well you guys like their spiritual directors and it's like well we do accompany them a little bit in their spiritual life but we also recommend that they have spiritual directors of their own so we're we're not spiritual directors but there's some overlay and then they say well you guys help them work through and process like experiences on the streets their emotional life are you guys like counselors and it's like, well Kind of. I mean, we do have some overlap with what counselors do, but at the same time, several of them go see counselors as well. And we're definitely, that's outside of our field of expertise and we don't have that training. And our relationship is actually closer because we're with them day in and day out. And so it's a little bit more like a friendship. And there's an interesting profession now, like in the helping profession, that's coaching, which is really about helping people ask the right questions, which, which is a lot of what we do. We help them ask the right questions. We don't do things for them, but our role is more spiritual than that, uh, especially more spiritual and also helping them learn to be missionaries. So it's not any of those things, but it includes a little bit of all those things. Mm. So if I were to try to say positively what it is about, I would say two things. One, I would say, imagine if you had somebody for a year of your life that just spent all day, every day, 
thinking about how to help you become a better person and praying for you to become a better person. And then the second part, which is actually being present in that person's life day in and day out for a whole year. And so I guess those are the two most summarizing points I would make. And that's a, that's a tall task on our formators. So we are forming them to be lifelong missionaries, husbands, wives, fathers, whether biologically or spiritually. And oh my goodness, do we spend time investing in our formators' education and trainings to be able to accompany or guide our missionaries through this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Anya, I actually think that you offer an a really unique perspective um, to this role as formator because you were a missionary yourself for two years um, and you had a formator yourself for, for two years. So I'm curious to hear like, what made you want to go from someone who was, you know, being formed by a formator, someone who had someone, you know, walking with them every single day to wanting to be one of those people, wanting to be the formator? Yeah. I mean, it definitely was a desire that developed over time. So I didn't, I mean, when I came to Christ in the City as a missionary, I had no idea what a formator even was. Sure. I don't think I really even talked to one until second semester, first year. But then as I sort of became accustomed to talking with formators and I started to change just through living the missionary life, having these sort of these conversations, growing in prayer life, I saw how much more secure I was in myself and how much more I was able to know who I was um, and how that rested, my identity rested in the Lord's. And I think it was such a liberating process for me, such a freeing process to be able to know who I was and then better, because of that knowledge, better be who I was. I deeply desired that other people could experience that. And so I think that is fundamentally where the desire to be a formator developed. I just, I knew what had happened to me um, was just what I wanted to happen to everyone. I think it was just kind of this idea of becoming more fully human, more fully yourself, more fully who you were created. Um, This process of almost like self-realization in a way. Um, I just, I deeply desire that for everyone. Um, And so I think that's a big reason why I wanted to be a formator. Just if I could, if I could help people sort of walk towards that, um, walk towards that end um, of just being who they are, becoming who they are, that would be um, the goal. And this process too of this experience of being delighted in as a missionary by the formators, I think was so deeply healing for me. And that's what we want our missionaries to do on the streets as well. We want them to delight in the homeless. And I think if someone can sit with you in that and just sit with you because you are a delight to them, um, it communicates so much more, I think, than even saying anything to them. This process of demonstrating like you are worthy of just being walked with and sat with. And we want our missionaries to do that with our friends on the street, with the homeless. And I think in a lot of ways, the formators are able to show them how to do that by simply delighting in the missionaries first. I think we all want that, right? right? We all want someone to listen to us, but we also all want to be that presence to someone else, which is why we are so thrilled to bring this three-part series on the power of being present. Mm -hmm. And in this first episode, we will be talking about listening, right? The power of being present and how to listen, how to be a better listener. And I think so far it would make sense why we've brought Anya and Jeff onto this. But Anya and Jeff, maybe just 
dive us deeper into this. Like, why, how are you such good listeners, <laughs> right? Where are you getting this? Like, what can you teach us? Well, I can start by saying I also underappreciated the power of being present coming in as a formator, had insecurities about do I have the right words and the right moments and the insights to give the missionaries. And I thought that was about 90% of the ball game and, you know, 10%, whatever, you got to listen. Of course, you got to listen, you know, like, blah, 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 blah. You know, like, that's something, you know, we all know we have listening is a good thing. But at the end of the day, I'm going to need to tell them something, right? And over these, it didn't take long, actually. I think after about a year, I realized that it's, it's okay, actually, not to have the answers. And I've, I guess I've kind of come to the inverse conclusion that 90% of it is simply just being present to just sit there and be with them and they don't need the answer right now so just holding the space for them and allowing them maybe not to have everything sorted out inside themselves but to give them time to think about what's going on inside themselves and express themselves so leaving room for silence and also evoking some of those things that they mention is there something more to that is there something more you want to say and I'm not asking anything very insightful. I'm just giving them more space to be able to talk. I'm just, I guess I'm wondering what is it that they're trying to express and how is it that I can help them to express it more fully? I think that's even, I mean, that is, that advice is just so helpful for all of our relationships. You know, that the power of being present, that's not something that's necessarily reserved for formators or reserved for the missionaries. It's something that I think we all can really strive toward, especially, you know, with the holidays right around the corner and just going home to be with family, going home to be with friends, really like actually trying to be more present to them. What, what are your family members saying to you? What, what are the, the deeper meanings behind the things that they are saying or the ways that they are reacting? Yeah. That active listening, I think the active listening is it's, it can be draining too. Mm -hmm. I think Jeff and Anya haven't said that and Shayla haven't said it, but to all you out there, like this, this kind of listening is hard. It isn't just sitting there having your pre-recorded response or just not even tuning into what they're saying. But I think we all know the missionaries know whether you guys are listening or not. You know, we all know in conversations <laughs> whether people think we're listening or not, which is why in this part one, we really wanted to bring you that are you listening to understand or listening to respond? And Jeff and Anya are actually going to be joining us for part two and three as well. So you'll definitely need to tune in to those as we dive more into this topic. But there's so many practicals here for our lives. Yeah, I think too, just to kind of expand on that point, this idea of just being present and listening to the other, I think one of the most important underlying foundations for that is this sort of disposition of love that is so necessary. Anyone can kind of sit and go through the motions, but I think having this deep care too for the other person that you are listening to and this deep desire to actually receive what they're saying, I think is one of the most fundamental things also. And I think it communicates a lot as well, just being able to receive the words that someone else is saying and all of the meaning behind them and not try and jump to a solution or try and jump to a quick fix through advice or suggesting things or trying to literally get up and solve their problems in some way, but simply receiving everything they say and be willing to carry it with them and simply 
hold it with them so that it's not a load that they're bearing alone. And I think that's the biggest thing is just being able to receive it and ponder it and not necessarily try and get rid of it or move past it, but just hold it with them. I love that. I'm, I'm wondering if either of you have specific examples where, um, obviously you don't have to use names or anything like that, but spe- specific examples of times with missionaries where the power of being present and like you said, like holding that with them, where that was, where you saw that play out and where you saw it play out in a very beautiful way. If you have any stories or examples. I think there's several examples where the, I'll talk about what this applies, but this happens over and over and again, mm-hmm. which is I'll maybe walk away from a meeting from with a missionary being like, a little bit frustrated that I didn't know quite what to say. And then the missionary will come to me the next day and be like, thank you so much for the conversation. Yesterday was so enlightened. I feel so much better. I'll be like, gosh, I didn't do anything. And I was actually worried about that. And that kind of helped me convince, helped convince me that it really was just my presence uh, being there. (laughs) Jeff, I'll say to that point of just being there and how healing that is, as the missionaries say that. And you're, I think we've all had that experience of not knowing what to say and thinking we said nothing really hard on ourselves. And it turns out it was a good, you know, a good conversation to the other person. And I think, Jeff, you know, in your spiritual direction training, Jeff's a tra- training to be a spiritual director, side note. And in those moments, the, they talk about being a mirror for the person you're listening to. Because many times letting the person you're talking to and listening to, they are capable of figuring out their own problems and it actually will stick more if it comes from them. And that's something I think you formators do so well. I've just been so impressed by that, that you simply sit there and actively listen and figure out, you know, in that moment, like what part of what the missionary was saying do you think they need to hear in a different light? Yeah, I think... I, I didn't realize the importance of listening as much um, until one time on street ministry. We ended up talking to a just a guy we had met uh, up for an hour about nothing much, just the squirrels, the weather. Uh, I think Halloween might have come up a few times. And I, I didn't think much of the conversation at all, but at the end of it, he just stopped and looked at my team, my street team and me, and just said, thank you guys for listening. I, we never get to just have small talk out here on the streets. We usually just talk about being homeless and it was really nice to talk about normal stuff with you. And we, we didn't do anything. We didn't talk about the world's problems or even the depths of his heart. We simply just sat there and listened to what he had to say about the latest weather trends. And honestly, the conversation at the time didn't mean much to me. Um, but hearing him pause at the end and t- go into the effort of thanking us, I think communicated something to me about what it meant to him, just that we were there and that we just sat and talked about basically nothing. Yeah, it's so simple. What other ways do the formators listen to understand versus listening to respond? I think a big part of it too is just recognizing that it is necessary to be in the present with them, so to speak, which I know sounds kind of odd, but I guess what I mean by that is not becoming preoccupied with what you want to say when they're done talking or how you would like to respond with words. Um, And also not thinking about 
things that they said 10 minutes ago or 20 minutes ago, but simply being present and attentive to the words that they are speaking at the time that you're listening. Um, it's not about your response and it's not what you said previously in the conversation necessarily, but it's just important to pay attention to the present moment and what they're saying. And I think not being worried about how you're going to come off or how you're going to um, articulate a very nicely framed piece of advice or even response, but just allowing it to be organic um, and just seeing the person in front of you as they really are, I think is essential. Right. But what our formators do with the missionaries is not only what we all hope others to do for us, but how do we do this to our friends, to our family, like Shayla said, as well as the poor, the homeless, maybe a nursing home resident, the true lonely and poor around us. So Ani and Jeff, is there maybe one or two tips you'd like to give to the listeners, to, to our friends and family, our Christ in the City community on listening to understand versus listening to respond? Yeah, I... I think probably the biggest one and sometimes one of the most difficult ones is just not not focusing on what your response will be uh, and almost just not even worrying about that. I think just recognizing that it is simply enough to listen and to not worry about a response is is some of the most difficult. I think we don't always think about how conversations can work like that, but yeah, maybe you would even surprise yourself and the people you are listening to by simply not even worrying about if you have a nicely articulated response. Yeah. And I think I would echo that. I guess what I would add is something that Anya was mentioning previously, which is find ways to delight in what this person is sharing while you're listening to them. They are created in the image and likeness of God. And there might be layers and layers, but you will find things to delight in about this person. If you stick around and, if you can be that presence for somebody, that affirming presence of delighting in them, you can have a powerful impact on their life, even if you're not in a professional position, right? What's most healing is just a good relationship, and anybody can offer that. My goodness, delight in the person you're speaking to, and like Anya said, just not even worrying about what your response is going to be. That is something all of us can do no matter where we're at. I, yeah, I mean, and it ultimately just goes back to why even worry about being present with another person? And really, it's, I think it's, it's so beautiful. You guys said it so, so well, but it's really seeing Jesus and that person in front of you and wanting to be Jesus for them as well. It's, it's this relationship, it's this back and forth and wanting to, to, bring, to bring each other a little bit closer to heaven. I think a great way to end would be reminding us all of Mother Teresa and John Paul II. When you hear the stories about them, so many people reported that when they talked to them, it was as if they were the only person in the world, right? And that is just that gaze, that look. And we are so excited. It's a little teaser into the next episode, but yeah, please join us for this next episode where we talk about truly the power of being present. And thank you for joining us on this part one. Are you listening to understand or to respond? Jeff and Anya, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks guys. See you in a couple weeks. Mother Teresa, one of our patrons, would say, if I look at the masses, I will not act. If I look at the one, I will. Because of these one-on-one -on -one encounters, because of people like you stepping out of your comfort zone, this mission is spreading. This mission is making its way into parishes, schools, 
seminaries, and communities nationwide. We have families making care kits for the homeless, college students coming on week-long mission trips and then going back on fire to serve the poor in their cities, seminarians in small groups across the country doing Christ in the City-style street ministry. This mission is becoming a national and worldwide endeavor, and we're so happy you're here. For even more in-depth Christ in the City training, exclusive videos, and interviews with the homeless, we invite you to join our known and loved monthly giving community. This is one of the most impactful ways you can join us in this mission. Visit ChristInTheCity.org and make a monthly gift today to join our known and loved community and receive a special Christ in the City gift. Imagine with me for a moment if every homeless person had one friend who cared about them. What a difference that would make in the world. And what if that one friend is you? You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, podcast platforms. And do us a favor and go hit subscribe and leave us a review. Again, check us out more at ChristInTheCity.org. God bless you.